Gaslight, Chapter 13 I don't have B's gift for invisibility, but I have had to practice going unnoticed. Heck, my whole life at the theatre has been largely being unnoticed, so I should be good at it by now. I climb over quite a high wall to get in. Trying to seem as if I'm supposed to be here, I look at the different buildings and assess which one my mother might be in. Adrenaline zings through my veins, and I think if someone tried to stop me now, I'd knock them down with the sheer energy I have built up around me. I guess the men and women would be kept separate, as they are at the workhouse. I walk as if I have somewhere specific to go. The cold is on my side, keeping everyone inside. Some male inmates wander about the garden, but there are no women to be seen. Typical that even here, men have more freedom to come and go as they please. It should be easy enough to find the kitchens. On cue, a delivery boy comes through the main gates and heads around the side of the building on his bicycle. If that's where the tradesman's entrance is, that's where I'm going. I'm glad I've eaten, as the air is thick as soup with the smell of stew as I enter the kitchens. What are you staring at? The cook's face is moon-round custard and poppy red. She squints at me beneath unkempt thorny bush brows. I'm delivering something. I show her the letter I have signed myself. Well, be quick about it. Dragging your heels and gawking at everyone. Her ten chins wobble. Who's it for? I panic. It's like pins pricking all over my skin. But then I remind myself I am an actress. I've been on stage in front of hundreds of people. One of the women? I say it with a bored face, as if I do this every day of the week. Well, you're headed in the wrong direction. She shakes her head, and her chins keep wobbling. New, are you? I keep my nerve. Not that new. Cheeky little sausage, that's for sure. And scrawny as a rake. Come back for some stew when you've done. She stirs at it, then ladles some up to her nose to smell it and quickly puts it back. She has a kind face when you stop to look. Go on then, be off with you. I don't need telling twice. I change direction and head the way she pointed, going through a door to a large corridor. Women sit on each side on chairs, some sewing or embroidering. Others sit with their hands in their laps and look as if their heads have been emptied of thoughts. A couple of staff glance in my direction, but nothing comes of it. One of the women grabs hold of my skirts. What? What do you want? I'm trembling with fear at being caught, and also that she may be a lunatic. You have beautiful eyes. Her skin is paper thin with blue river veins crisscrossing it. Thank you. I try to wrestle my skirt away from her, but her grip is stronger than I thought. You have her eyes. She has my attention now. And her hair. Like flames in the sun. Like fire burning brightly. I crouch down in front of her. None of the staff are paying any heed, and the other inmates look lost in their own worlds. Who are you talking about? She cries a lot, that poor woman. Doesn't want to be here. 
I prise her hands from my dress and hold them both gently but firmly. She looks like me? Th this woman? Such hollow, soulful cries. Where is she? She doesn't want to be here. None of us want to be here. I grip her hands a little tighter than I should. Please tell me where she is. Please, I have to find her. She's my mother. The woman looks deep into my eyes. Her fingers are petal soft. She very slowly raises her gaze up. They keep her too high to climb down. She tried to escape too many times. Thank you. Thank you. One of the nurses is coming towards us. I pretend to be hooking a button on my boot, then walk away. I wish I could help this woman. I wish I could help them all. I keep walking at a steady pace, being careful not to draw any attention to myself. Some of them call out to me, and it breaks my heart to keep walking, but I have to concentrate. I come to the main stairwell and see that there is a reception desk with a woman bent to a paper. At it, I turn away. If there is a public stairway, there will also be one for staff. Further along there is. I'm so happy I'm right. I just hope I don't bump into anybody on my way up. It feels like someone is looking over me, helping me. I take the steps, three at a time, and I don't meet anyone. The dinner gong sounds a rumbling clang from far below in the heart of the house. That must be why there is no one about. They're all on their way to eat that stinking stew, the poor things. I have to move even more speedily to get my mother before they take her for dinner. Perhaps they deliver dinner to her if she is locked in. The stairs get more and more narrow. At the top I stop for a second to catch my breath, then clatter down the corridor, opening doors left and right, one after the other, to empty rooms, leaving them wide open so the cleansing light floods in to chase out the dark. They all seem abandoned, empty and stark. I'm in the wrong place. I must try all the doors just to be sure. I fling each one open. Something wild has taken me over, and I can't be careful anymore. Ah! I can't help myself from yelling this frustration. She's so close. I will try every door in this place until I find her. Is there someone there? I stop. Stock still. Someone called out. Did I imagine it? Hello? I definitely heard someone that time. I creep in the direction of the words. Hello? Is there someone there? I can pretend to be a maid. I can run. I can defend myself. I can be pretty tough when I want to be, and the person sounds scared. They've stopped speaking now. Perhaps they think I've gone. Whoever it is, they're behind the door directly in front of me. Shafts of bright white light line the space behind and I'm sure that someone will be bringing food to this patient soon so I have to move if I'm going to find out who they are. I turn the handle but it's locked. I crouch and put my eye to the keyhole. A figure shifts beyond it. With this narrow perspective I can't make out much. I press my eye closer. It's a woman. She's wearing a dress 
and pacing the room from side to side. Because of the height of the lock, I can't see above her waist though. I have to go in. Underneath my mob cap, I've put hairpins in my hair in case I needed them. I would feel smug if I wasn't so intent on what I was doing. I checked that there was no one behind me, but all there is are those undisturbed slats of white light. I can't hear anyone coming up the stairs either. All is good. My lockpicking skills serve me well, and I hear the click as it gives. I'm suddenly unsure, nervous, self-conscious. I don't have time for these feelings. I straighten my hair and turn the doorknob. My mother is there. 